Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Medical School Headquarters Podcast, session number 142. Hello and welcome to the Medical School Headquarters podcast, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. If you're struggling with your MCAT prep, go to freemcatgift.com today and download our 30-plus page report all about the MCAT with tips and tricks and even MCAT prep discounts in there. Again, freemcatgift.com. Also, if you haven't checked out Premed Life magazine, their recent issue has a feature on me, which is kind of cool. Um, it's uh, about my path as a flight surgeon, and uh, there's a nice, huge picture. I don't know why it's so big, but <laughs> go check out premedlife.com. And uh, check out Pre-Med Life magazine. They offer bi-monthly issues as well as a ton of great articles on their website all the time. Again, premedlife.com. Today I want to talk about a, a topic that uh, is, is kind of near and dear to my heart because it's something I'm passionate about talking about. And I'm kind of passionate about everything with the pre-med path. If, if this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast, go back and listen to episode one and I tell you about my journey through through the pre-med world and through uh, medicine itself. And you'll kind of hear that I get a little passionate about a lot of the stuff that is out there to help you, the pre-med. But this one topic, I actually recently did a webinar with Next Step Test Prep and uh, I... They hosted the webinar, and I talked during the webinar and gave a, a presentation all about selecting a medical school and what you should use to help you select medical schools. And we, we always hear the number, or I, I hear the number, maybe you haven't heard the number yet, but the, the number 15, the average number of schools applied to is 15. And that's true, but not really true. It's only half the story, or a third of the story, depending on 
how many uh, application services you use between the DO applications, the MD applications, and then the Texas applications, because Texas has to be different. But the if you look at AMCAS's data, the 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 application service, AMCAS, the AMCAS application service for MD schools, for allopathic medical schools, they state that the average number of applications, the average number of schools selected per application is 15. That's just through the AMCAS application. Now, you may be somebody that's applying to AMCAS and a DO, uh, or through the ACOMAS, the A-A-C-O-M-A-S, through for osteopathic schools. So you may be applying to DO schools and MD schools and Texas schools. So where does that put you? You have, if, if the average is 15 for AMCAS, how many uh, are you applying for ACOMAS? And it's, it's roughly about the same, the average. Uh, off the top of my head, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm blanking on it, but it's about the same. So that's a question. I, I would like to see better data on average number of schools total that students are applying to, both DO, MD, and the, the Texas applications, although there's, there's just a handful of schools that participate in that. So it's, it's a little bit of a minority. But what, what I want to talk about uh, kind of first and foremost, and as the kind of bulk of this podcast is how you should go about choosing it, or maybe more importantly, how you shouldn't go about choosing a medical school. And it came about because as I was putting together this presentation for Next Step Test Prep, I started putting together slides, and and one of my slides has a picture of the U.S. News and World Report's logo. And that's because I hear too often that students are using U.S. News and World Reports as a starting point for selecting medical schools or as a decision point for selecting medical schools. And I hate to break it to you, but the U.S. News and World Reports is nothing but a list meant to sell magazines or sell reports, sell, sell access to their reports. There's nothing in that report that should determine where you apply to medical school. There's nothing in that report that, that actually states what's a good medical school and what's a bad medical school. And more importantly, there's nothing in that report that states if that medical school is good for you or bad for you. And that's kind of what we'll get to, hopefully, by the end of this podcast, is that you understand that it doesn't matter what the average GPA is for matriculating students at a medical school. It doesn't matter what the average MCAT score is for matriculating students at a medical school. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't. What matters is your ability to be a great student at that medical school and and how that school can help you become a great student. And so we'll we'll get into that a little bit. 
But I want to, you may be asking, well, the U.S. News and World Reports, is, it comes out every year, and it's, it's a highly prestigious report, and everybody talks about it, and hospitals hang banners that say they're a top hospital in U.S. News and World Reports, and that's fine, but if you actually look at how they determine these rankings, you'll understand that they're a bunch of baloney. And we'll we'll talk about that. Now, for for the methodology for how the U.S. News and World Reports comes to create a list, they actually have this on their website. And I'm looking at it right now, 2016 Best Medical School Rankings. And it says, find out how U.S. News ranks medical schools. And it was posted or updated March 9th of 2015. Now, what happens is... The U.S. News rankings sends all of the medical schools that are uh, accredited by the Liaison Committee on Medical Education, or LCME, and uh, those are the the MD schools, and then there's 26 osteopathic schools that were fully accredited in 2014. These are both in 2014 um, by the American uh, Osteopathic Association. Um, of the 156 schools that they reached out to, the ones that were fully accredited, 118 provided data. And this is how it breaks down on where they get these scores from. So one of the highest um, parts of the score is what's known as a peer assessment score. Basically, here's how U.S. News & World Reports states. In the fall of 2014, medical and osteopathic school deans, and I don't like how they call it. it, it, They're all medical schools. It's not, eh, anyway. Uh, (laughs) Medical and osteopathic school deans, deans of academic affairs, and heads of internal medicine or the directors of admissions were asked to rate programs on a scale of uh, from one being marginal to five being outstanding. Survey populations were asked to rate program quality for both research and primary care programs separately on a single survey instrument. Those individuals who did not know enough about a school to evaluate it fairly were asked to mark don't know. So, here's... And this says here about 30% of those surveys responded, uh, surveyed responded. So not even a lot of people that were surveyed responded because it's kind of ludicrous to base your rankings on what another person at another medical school thinks of your school. That's where the majority of this ranking comes from, or a lot of this ranking comes from, is Hey, uh, Dean of Admissions at Harvard, what do you think about Yale? Oh, uh, they're great. Um, So, yeah, they're great. And hey, Dean of Admissions at Yale, what do you think about Harvard? Oh, they're wonderful. And and then you have students that use this data to determine where they're going to school. And and I think it's 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 terrible. The another one here, again, another subjective and and that's the problem with this is it's subjective data it's what i think or what one person thinks it's not data driven at all 
another another big part of it is the assessment score by the residency directors. So you have students graduating from medical school and going off into residency, and they're asking residency directors what they think of a medical school. And they're basing this information off of such a small sample from the medical school. If a, if a residency program has uh, five new residents in their program, each one of them from a different medical school, they're judging their view of that medical school based on one student. And it's not fair to the medical school. It's not fair to the student. Uh, the, the student may not be the, the best graduate of that medical school and might not be the best um, ambassador for that medical school. And this is what they're, they're putting and, and using as a ranking to sell you a magazine. So again subjective information that really doesn't mean much. There, uh, There's a lot of other stuff in here. We'll put a link in the show notes to this U.S. News and, and World Reports website, but they talk about research activity, total research activity, average research activity per faculty member. Again, research activity, while they can actually quantify this stuff and it's an actual number and not a subjective information, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't tell you that the school is a quality school to go to. It just tells you how much research is going on or how much money they're bringing in. It doesn't tell you that it's a great medical school. And one thing that you need to keep in mind with this and something that I, I love to say and I, I hope you kind of write this down and, and like write it in a Sharpie marker on your, on your mirror, a dry erase marker on your mirror, and you look at it every morning. It's don't go to a school because you think it's great or don't go to a great medical school as listed by the U.S. News and World Reports. Go to a medical school that will make you great. That's the differentiating factor between an amazing time in medical school, coming out with amazing grades and great board scores, or being totally burnt out. What school is going to make you great? Where are you going to thrive? All right, a couple more uh, selection factors here or ranking factors here are the medium MCAT total score. The... Median MCAT score has no bearing on whether a medical school is good or not. It just tells us the caliber of students, or not even the caliber of students. It's telling us the ability of the students that they're accepting to take the MCAT and how well they did on the MCAT. So again, just because a school has a high average or a high median MCAT score that doesn't mean the school is great, and, and if you go there, you're going to be an outstanding student. It just means they, that year they selected a lot of students that were, uh, had great MCAT scores. And along those same, li- same lines, they have median undergraduate GPA. Again, same exact things. A, a admissions committee is charged with whatever the admissions director or the, the, the dean of admissions or the dean of the medical school, whatever they determine, they want the makeup of that next year's medical class to be. 
they may say we want the the brightest of the bunch which means high, highest gpa highest mcat score they may say we want a, a well uh, diverse um applicant with a ton of diversity and very abnormal extracurricular activities maybe they want somebody that's um traveled the world and seen it all a non-traditional student they may stress one year it, it everything is determined by the admissions committee on what they want for their school for that year and and so when you look at the US news and world reports and they're using median MCAT score, median median GPA, it doesn't mean that that that's a great school. It just means that the students that they selected have high GPAs. That's all. That's it. And also, when you're looking through the through the the MSAR, the MSAR, which is offered by the AAMC or the College Information Book or the CIB, which is offered by uh, the from uh, AACOM, the those two books are are should be your main driving factors on on how you start selecting your medical schools. The CIB is free; you can you can order a print version, which costs some money, but you get it for free in a, a PDF version. The the MSAR MSAR does cost I think twenty five dollars for access to it for the year, and if you're a freshman in high school uh, in high school a freshman in college, uh, you should start purchasing this this MSAR and start weeding out some schools and looking at at um, some of their philosophy. They they talk about required classes, what they accept, what they don't accept. If they accept community college classes, which is always a big question. Uh, in our Facebook group or emailed to me, it's always about uh, a lot of questions are about community college. Those two resources are where you need to go looking for those answers because that's that's where the schools update that information. So use those two things. But where I was going with that is when you're looking at these sources of information or you're looking at the school's website and you're seeing what the average GPA is, what the average MCAT score is, you have to realize that that's a number that was derived from all of the new students in that school, all the matriculants. So if if it's a large class of 200, you're taking 200 students and you're boiling down all of their GPAs, all of their MCAT scores into one number. And so if if the average on there is 32 and you're sitting there with a 27 GP or a 27 MCAT score or a, a 490 MCAT score, what you need to understand is that there are probably many students that also had 27s on the MCAT and are in that class. And there are also many students that have 36s or 37s on the MCAT and that's where the average comes from, is that huge range of students. And so you shouldn't let average GPA, average MCAT score determine what schools you'll apply to, what schools you won't apply to. And I know there's a an equation out there from a, a well-known admissions committee member called the, the Lizzie M. Equation. And 
sure, you can look at that, but again, you have a 0% chance of getting into that school if you don't apply, and you have more than a 0% chance if you do apply. So think of it in those terms. Don't worry about average GPA, average MCAT. Look at other things. Look at other things that will make that experience of medical school great for you. And those things include uh, the weather, location, proximity to family and friends, uh, ability to travel to other places, um, class size, research that's available at that school that maybe you're passionate about for, for one reason or another, access to residencies or, or residency directors for something you may be interested in doing as a career or specialty in the future. Those are the kind of things that you should start looking at. And I hope that you'll you'll kind of take that U.S. News and World Reports that's sitting on your desk right now and just throw it in the trash because it's not worth anything. It's, it's a magazine meant to sell issues, and it's not really there to... Well, it's, it's there to sell issues, and it's there for the medical schools to boast about when they're ranked number one. But beyond that, it's not really there to help you select a medical school, or it shouldn't. So with that said, I want to talk about a a big milestone that we hit recently in iTunes, and that's uh, our ratings. We hit 300 ratings in the U.S. uh, iTunes store. And if we count all the other stores, all the other countries where you guys are rating and reviewing, I can't see those ones as easily. But we hit 300 ratings in iTunes, 298 of those were five star ratings and and that just is amazing. I have it set up so every time you leave a review, it gets emailed to myself and to Allison and we just love reading them and and when I see her I'm like, "Oh, did you see that review? It was amazing." It just drives us. So, thank you for everybody that takes time to do that. I do have a couple to read. Um Sam, who's this? Oh, wait, no. Why does it say Sam? Anyway, <laughs> it says uh, from PharmD to MD-PhD, uh, says Dr. Gray does an excellent job discussing many aspects of the pre-med journey. Uh, he also has a knack for getting amazing guests on the show. Awesome. So all you guests, I guess you're amazing. I appreciate it. I, I, do, uh, I do try to find great guests that have great stories to tell and uh, are inspirational for everybody. So thank you PharmD to MD-PhD for that review. We have uh, David uh, NG150, who says, Invaluable podcast for the medical school journey. JRDD23 says, Motivational and very helpful. And Brown Bear 93 says, Solid information. Um, oh, interesting. A newcomer to America with a degree in economics and management. Um, cool. So that's a, an interesting story. Um, so if you haven't yet taken the time to leave a rating and review, we greatly appreciate everyone that does. Uh, if you can do so at medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes, if you're listening, um, on iTunes device, if you happen to be in Stitcher, you can leave a rating there. Um, I'm not really sure how to do it. Just go to medicalschoolhq.net slash Stitcher. You can leave a rating and review there, but iTunes is the place that we like the most because, 
that's where the majority of people listen to podcasts, whether it's on their computer um, or through iTunes on their um, I, I, Apple products or anywhere else. So thank you again, medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes. Again, don't forget to check out Pre-Med Life magazine at premedlife.com and download our 30-plus page report over at freemcatgift.com. I hope you got a ton of great... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So I recently got back from a podcast conference, Podcast Movement 2015 in Fort Worth, where I was nominated for a a category, science and medicine category. I was nominated for best podcast. There were a total of 10 nominees. Uh, I was one of them, and I did not win. But to be nominated for a podcast award was phenomenal. Uh, it was it was awesome sitting sitting in the room and hearing my podcast be called as one of the nominees was just amazing. I took a video of it. I posted it in the Hangout. Uh, if you're not a part of the Hangout, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash group. It's a private Facebook group. Uh, it was it was a, a phenomenal experience, and I owe it all to you, you that's listening right now, um, for for listening and for keeping me motivated and passionate to continue to give you content week after week. So thank you. One other quick thing: uh, we are conducting a survey of all of our listeners, and you can go to medicalschoolhq.net/survey and fill out our 2015 listener survey. It'll take a couple minutes, but it'll give us some valuable information about who you are and how we can better serve you. So with that said, I hope you got a ton of great information out of this podcast. I hope you throw your newest U.S. News and World Reports copy in the trash, and I hope you join us next time here at the Medical School Headquarters.